0: and welcome to difficulty class a podcast about all things dungeons and dragons i'm one of your hosts ali deichman and with me this week is trevor bettis that's right and this week we'll be talking about the curse of strahd review uh honestly it's a great book um just that's it that's the whole podcast yep that's it that's (laughs) it we're done here no no more as well as answering some listener questions at the end. Uh, Trevor, how are your games this week?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, the only game I had was the bookstore game. Nice. Uh, it went pretty well. We did Ravnica. Uh, so literally no one at my table knew what that was. So it was kind of fun being like, hey, I'm going to give you a quick introduction to what Ravnica is. And oh, yeah. Why it's cool. Uh, also learned in that game, uh, math problems don't work for puzzles.
0: <laughs> I've heard about that, yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, it was, I, I'd never done it before, and I think in certain groups it would work. Like, I know one of my home groups from a while ago, if I had thrown that out there, it would have been done in two minutes, it yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't have even been an issue. <laughs> uh, table didn't really like it, so I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna cut this short. I see you guys are uh, not enjoying it, so we're just mm-hmm. gonna do this um but it, it was really fun like besides that part of it everyone seemed to have fun with it and got to do some got to use some is it weirds oh yeah. yeah it was it was cool uh but you 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 had a lot more games than that
0: i had in fact three and i dm'd all of them <laughs> uh for the first time in a while um on wednesday we got back to our my neverwinter game um our lovely engaged couple are back in the in this country and so we were able to play (laughs) um they finally uh activated the the war rune and pretty much started like their journey to the end boss fight Mm -hmm. like i even read a text block that said your long journey ends here and i'm all like oh no no (laughs) i don't really want it to end i mean like it doesn't have to end but oh my gosh (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and it was just such like a really neat, uh, I was going to say episode, but it was a really neat session um, because they were kind of really solidifying. And plus, we got to go back into the whole slew of things and how to run things. This has been a while. <laughs> um, then on Saturday, we did the bookstore game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did um, an Orzov bank heist which
1: went with Kaya.
0: Yeah. um, I threw in Kaya because why not? Yeah. And it was actually really neat. Like they all had fun and they all, they came up with a way that I never would have thought of. And um, a couple of them at my table knew what Ravnica was. And like one even had like a full blown, is it guy? And he's all like, Oh yeah, I'm all, is it all the way? Nice. And I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. And so they were like, just going all in on this bank heist, like full on oceans 11. And because Kaya brought them a map and they were like, pointing at it and saying oh let's go into this way and they had a plan it was really <laughs> neat and they actually succeeded in the end too
1: <laughs> i think if i had been at that table i would have uh started my uh, my playlist i have that is an odd combination of persona 5 music <laughs> and oceans 11
0: huh, i could see it working though <laughs> <laughs> um and then on sunday i actually dm'd for the our tomb of annihilation group and that was a lot of fun we um i don't know if i remember telling you but we left off with them facing the undead t-rex <laughs> well they took him down after many turns mm-hmm. it was like more than a minute long fight it was a long fight oh wow yeah um but they finally took him down and they finally got to curse ball and i kind of hand waved a lot of traveling and said like oh yeah and i even asked them straight up like do you want to do this little like quote, necessary side quest that's mm-hmm. going on in order for you to learn how to fly. <laughs> and they're all like, yeah, sure. And so I did. Nice. So we kind of introduced them to Ningalor, but um, that's where we ended that one. Cool. But they had.
1: And, and don't worry, people that are freaking out about spoilers. You just heard names. Everything's fine. Yeah, it was just names. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, they they got to that place and they were already like interested and intrigued about the mysteries of it. So, nice. Yeah. I'm really excited to keep go, going with those.
1: That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Tomb Annihilation is an awesome campaign, but it's not the campaign book we're here to talk about. No, it's not. But we're not there yet. <laughs> uh, we got some news. Uh, so news this week. Uh, they announced a new campaign setting book. Yes. Uh, and I don't remember who it was, but I had a conversation really recently with someone about Everon specifically and about it coming to a book. Um, and it's happening. Um, it kind of found out it got stealth announced at the Descent event.
0: Oh, they were like, "Oh, by
1: the way, we're doing a hardcover Eberron book." By the well,
0: I know a while ago they said they were doing an Eberron book and that they said the Artificer is going to be in it, but but they never said when. The
1: (laughs) descent uh, event they said this fall, like they actually said it. They were just very stealth about it. Um, But this past week we got the full announcement. It is Eberron uh, Rising from the Last War. So cool. Yeah, super cool. And the I'll I'll be honest, the main cover is beautiful but kind of lackluster. Yeah. But man, that that special edition cover is gorgeous. It looks like some
0: amazing 90s sci-fi yeah. book and I want to read like, it. <laughs> and and I think
1: I think my reason why the main cover for me doesn't do it as much is because the special edition cover completely invokes what Eberron is about. Yeah. And Oh, it's so pretty. I'm going to have to get my hands on that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, let, me, let me give you the, the quick rundown of this. So on the Wizards of the Coast page, this book provides everything players and dungeon masters need to play Dungeons and Dragons in Eberron, a war-torn world filled with magic-fueled technology, airships, and lightning trains, where noir-inspired mysteries meets swashbuckling adventure. While Eberron, uh, will Eberron enter a prosperous new age, or will the shadow of war descend once again? Uh, so a couple bullet points uh, divine, uh, dive straight into pulp action with easy to use locations complete mm-hmm. with maps and floating castles, uh, skyscrapers <laughs> and more. Uh, explore, explore Sharn, a ci- uh, city of skyscrapers, airships and no- oh <laughs> I read <newer>. uh nourish, <laughs> nourish intrigue uh, and a uh, crossroads for the world's war ravaged people. Um, Basically what this is gonna have in it though is it's gonna have the Wayfarer's Guide that is currently in PDF on D&D Beyond and DMs Guild, which they actually said is the best selling thing on DMs Guild. Oh, wow. Um, and it's also going to have the Artifacer in it, which currently has only been in Unearth Arcana. That's right.
0: (laughs) It's been through like three renditions of Unearth Arcana. (laughs) As
1: Marco said on Twitter, uh, Spencer, you're a real boy now. (laughs) Uh, so for everyone that's been playing an Artifacer unofficially, here is your official supplement for it. Um, you're also going to be able to explore 16 new races slash sub-races options, so cool. <laughs> including Dragon Marks, which magically transform certain members of the race in the races in the player's handbook. They are in the Wayfarer's Guide and you can use them in D&D Beyond. I haven't messed with them a lot, but I know Dragon Marks are insane. Ooh! Um, confront horrific monsters born from the world's devastating wars. So yeah, like the big thing that's been about Eberron you know, in past editions is that there's a big old war going on,
0: and this apparently is after that. That
1: is after that. And that's a big change, and I really love it. And uh, yeah. I, I've been wanting to do a heist style game for a while, and I think and Eberon's the place to do I it. I think this is yeah. going to be the book that gets me to do a heist game.
0: And I was. Looking at, too, on Twitter, Jeremy Crawford was saying that there's like 113-odd, somewhere around there, pages describing how to set up a campaign yeah. in Ebron. And then it also includes a starting adventure, very much like Ravnica.
1: Mm-hmm. With, uh, so that's actually an interesting thing. So this comes out in November, mm-hmm. November 19th, just like the Ravnica book did last yeah. year, which makes me go... Are we getting setting books every November now? That would be really cool. (laughs) Because, I mean, we could keep going with it where, like, next year we get another Magic of the Gathering one. Mm -hmm. And the year after that, maybe we actually officially get Greyhawk or Dragonlance. Yeah. Or any of those.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean, mean, crazy concept, maybe even an official Faerun one. Because there isn't actually one. Not in 5th
1: edition. I suppose. I mean, like... Uh, the Sword Coast Adventurers guys, kind of the closest thing, but yeah, like how you and I have been talking about, like one that is like, here's everything.
0: Yeah, the way they set up Ravnica, I think, is going to be their cookie cutter for the way they set yeah. up the rest of their set- setting books. And
1: and now having made an adventure using that book for the bookstore game, mm-hmm. I totally get why that chapter is so good. Yeah, like it really did just give me everything that I need to be like, oh, oh okay, there cool, it is, sweet, yeah. done. <laughs> um. But, yeah, uh, everyone, I'm, I'm totally excited for it. Uh, Same. You got anything else to add to that, that one?
0: No, uh, I'm eagerly awaiting it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, next piece of news uh, is something else that kind of got stealth dropped uh, this week. Uh, and I, I love stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love stuff that lets me just put stuff out on the table and everyone goes, oh, my God. And, and there are and- two awesome stuff's coming out yes so uh first off uh for the descent into avernus uh adventure whiz kids is making the infernal war machine premium figure <laughs> it's a giant hell car
0: yeah do you like mad max <laughs> well here's
1: mad max as a freaking tank train yeah
0: it's gonna be cool like
1: it looks like a nightmare incarnate and i love it it's so cool so you know they, they've said that one of the big things about Descent into Avernus is that you're going to get a war machine. Yeah, and this is your war machine, and I I love that because it's um it does it does something um I think this is a weird one to bring up Uh Starfinder did oh yeah in the first adventure they gave you a ship and they've actually made that ship into a figure and they have maps for it and everything but this one's just like here's your freaking Here's your freaking war machine of doom. Uh, it'd be kind of like for a, a dragon heist where it's just like, here's your tavern. Yeah. It's a very important... It's going to be an important part of the campaign. So the fact that you get to have this on the table...
2: Oh, that is so cool. It's going to be great. It's big
1: too. It is. And it. I feel like it's going to have a lot of like uses. I can't wait for someone on, to
0: totally mod it and make it an RC car. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> yes. Now that... I think is a completely practical thing to get and use at your table. The second thing, absolutely not. I've already pre-ordered it. Uh, so the (laughs) TNT icons of the real miniatures, walking statue of water. Oh my God. This thing is a giant, freaking statue of a knight with a sword and a shield <laughs> and uh, I, I can't seem to find like how tall it, oh oh here th- so here's the box dimensions 11 by 8 by 15
0: so almost a foot tall <laughs> It's, Which it's is so crazy. I it's going like, to be a big boy. I remember seeing the picture of the a regular size mini next to it. Yeah. And it's like eh, kind of bigger than the like, toe. <laughs> it
1: almost seems like it's to scale. Like it legit seems like it is to scale to an actual mini to what the the freaking walking mm-hmm. statues of Waterdeep would be. And I pre-ordered it and it's going to go on my desk at work and everyone's going to think I'm weird. And I don't care because it's pretty. <laughs>
0: It is really pretty, though. I'll give it back. Oh,
1: that. Oh, then that is actually an important thing to note. Neither of these need to be painted. Oh yeah, they are, they are already painted. Yeah. So if you if you hear us talking about mini paint, you're like, uh, oh, no, it's not for me. These done, you're good. Yeah. And they're pretty. Um, next up for uh, Dungeon Keeping, uh, we have a bonus episode out. Yeah. Oh, uh, we just recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's talking about the unearthed Arcana that came out last week. Uh, it Didn't seem like it would fit into this episode since it's going to be Strahd, Strahd, and all Strahd. Um, mm-hmm. So we uh, we recorded a quick one that you can go listen to right now. In fact, you could stop listening now. Go listen to that one. Then yeah. come back. Yeah. Or maybe you already listen to it. Yeah. You're awesome. I don't care. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but that is all the news and dungeon keeping we have for this week.
0: Is it time? It's time. <laughs> I'm
1: so excited. I'm so excited. I love this. I love it. I guess I'm giving away already. I freaking love this campaign. Yeah, no,
0: it, it, I said at the beginning, it was great. It,
1: it is great. Uh, So uh, we're going to start off with a quick little history. Uh, we haven't really done this for the other ones, but uh, this one had a lot of history with it. Um, yeah. Outside of, you know, like, because... Uh, Storm King's Thunder doesn't really have a history in the the hobby.
0: Yeah, it just kind of has lore, but not necessarily history. Yeah,
1: Tomb of Annihilation, you know, started at uh, one of the conventions, written by Gary Gygax. It's a very short history. The Ravenloft history. Oh my God! And so this was actually the idea for doing this was sparked by a listener, uh, uh, Vincent. Uh, he wrote in asking about one of the other, uh, one of the older modules. I'm like, oh, we're really not going right. to get into yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. I started looking at it. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of stuff here. So the first appearance uh, was uh, a standalone advanced DD and d module, uh, which was number I-6 and was published in 1983. It did so well that a sequel was made in 1986 called Ravenloft 2, The House on Griffin Hill. I want them to do a sequel so bad that's just like two like <laughs> tomb of annihilation 2 the reckoning <laughs> that would be the Storm King's thunder 2 now it's serious <laughs> to- rise of tiamat 2 the reboot <laughs> um uh so then uh oh uh also had um uh, a game book that year also. The the game books were based like the endless quests right now. Oh, okay. So they they had like a choose your own adventure set in Ravenloft. Oh wow also important thing to note here in case you don't know this Ravenloft originally was its own setting. That yeah. was the name of the setting. Yeah. Um so with uh Advanced D D uh it was made into a full um uh, Oh yeah, Uh, it was made into a full uh, campaign setting with Realm of Terror, uh, which was a box set and came to be known as the Black Box, which was released in 1990. I actually saw this at a game store once and didn't buy it, and I regret my life. Um, (laughs) It was uh, it was revised twice during Advanced D anD D with Ravenloft campaign setting, and then later with Domains of Dread, which is just a. Fun little title. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, it was spun off again. This time, as a subsetting uh, called "Mask of the Red Death" and was set on Earth. It was literally Edgar Allan Poe in their Gothic setting, oh, okay, but okay, also yeah. on Earth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fun.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, when Wizards of the When Wizards of the Coast took over. Uh, the property was licensed to White Wolf Publishing, the makers of Vampire the Masquerade, who made two books, one for 3rd edition and then one for 3.5 uh, in 2006 Wizards released Expedition to, uh, to Castle Ravenloft, which updated the original adventure to 3.5 and came with a bunch of cool maps I that's something maps. that I heard
0: about too, was like in, uh, the historical part about it was that it came with a ton of like neat 3D mm-hmm. maps like that was part of the original stuff
1: um, 4th edition saw Ravenloft only mentioned in the Manual of Planes, uh, which established that the domains of dread were now located in the Shadowfell. Hey. Um, 2001 was supposed to see the Ravenloft role-playing game released as its own standalone game using 4th edition mechanics, but it was never released. Really? Mhm. Huh. Uh, And uh, lastly uh, Ravenloft wouldn't be seen again until 2016 with Curse of Strahd for 5th edition So there's a lot of information for you but uh, you can see that this book had a lot writing on it Yeah like There there was a lot of pressure
0: I mean like at the beginning of the book too it has a foreword by um, Tracy Hickman who is one of the original writers Mm -hmm. um, him and his wife I want to say um they're the ones that made the whole thing up and they're even talking about how wizards contacted them and wanted to get like the in about how ravenloft and how Strahd himself was meant to be Mm -hmm. and apparently they loved how they went about it yeah which just goes to show how good this adventure is (laughs) when the original writers who wrote it in like 1983 was like yeah you're doing it right Mm -hmm. yeah you're doing it right that's gotta feel
1: good that's gotta feel so good Mm Um, but I think we're gonna we're kick off this this main. So uh, as a heads up, we're gonna be doing a spoiler spoiler free part right now. Yes. Um, and then we'll do our Deems Guild spotlight, and then we're gonna get into the real nitty gritty spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but first, Allie is going to do a dramatic reading <laughs> yes. of the first paragraphs of Curse of Strahd. Allie, take it away.
0: Under raging storm clouds, a lone figure stands silhouetted against the ancient walls of Castle Ravenloft. The vampire Count Strahd von Zarovich stares down a sheer cliff at the village below. A cold, bitter wind spins dead leaves about him, billowing his cape in the darkness. Lightning splits the clouds overhead, casting stark white light across him. Strahd turns to the sky, revealing the angular muscles of his face and hands. He has a look of power, and of madness. His once handsome face is contorted by a tragedy darker than the night itself. Rumbling thunder pounds the castle spires. The winds howling increases as Strahd turns his gaze back to the village. Far below, yet not beyond his ken, a party of adventurers had just entered his domain. Strahd's face forms a twisted smile as his dark plan unfolds. He knew they were coming, and he knows why they have come all according to his plan he the master of ravenloft will attend to them another lightning flash rips through the darkness its thunder echoing through the castle's towers but Strahd is gone only the howling of the wind or perhaps a lone wolf fills the midnight air the master of ravenloft is having guests for dinner and you are invited
2: (laughs)
1: I love it. It's so freaking corny, and I love it. Yeah,
0: if there isn't a better gothic introduction than that, I don't know what is. Right?
1: <laughs> like, oh, my God. It, and, and actually, I, I noticed as you were holding that up, the the back part of the book is just a shortened version of that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're really, plain, I was like, nah, this is, this is oh, good yeah. old gothic horror.
0: <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, so that is literally, like, the first three paragraphs of the book. Yeah. Um, that sets the tone of mm-hmm. the entire adventure. That sets the tone of how this character will be. Yeah. And it's such a good intro. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and like really for a, as far as like spoiler free stuff goes about it, like that is, if that doesn't catch you and get you interested in it, yeah. I don't know what's going to like. Yeah. There, there is a lot more in this adventure than just that. There's a lot more to it than just, vampires and you know gothic horror. Yeah. But if that part doesn't get you, uh
0: <laughs> I mean like to be fair, vampire hunting isn't everyone's like cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Like uh people can look at a book and be like, uh, "I'm not really here for the the gothic horror." It's like fair. Mm-hmm. But um honestly, even if you're not into the gothic horror genre or that kind of feel, like if you hear the word vampire and you're just kind of like, whatever." This vampire is different.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think the other thing about it, though, is that, like, take Rise of Tiamat, for instance. Mm-hmm. She is on the front cover of the second book. Yeah. Um, the whole campaign is about her. You hear her, her name repeatedly through it. Mm-hmm. You don't see her until the last fight. Yeah. Literally the intro to this is just showing the villain like yeah. it's showing you right there that like hey even if you're not into this vampire thing if you've been looking for a good villain that you're going to hate yeah this is for you
0: yeah and i mean speaking of good villains that you're going to hate like even the original writers were talking about uh like why would a vampire like a vampire needs more than just oh uh, you know it's just, they want to suck blood and stuff it's like no 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 this guy's a villain because of what he wants mm-hmm. because of who he is not necessarily because he's a monster but because of what he does yeah and the way they express that and the way that this book has gone to showing that is such a neat way and it really is a cool way to look at and study how villains should probably be written well yeah, we, we <laughs>
1: talked about this adventure um when we we did our episode about villains mm-hmm. and I yeah, this one totally does nail for me. Like, what a villain, an ongoing villain should yeah.
0: be. Yeah, and it's it's such a cool way of doing it. Like, definitely don't just scoff at it just because like oh it's a vampire, but no, it's, yeah. it's this is more than a vampire. And,
1: and like, I'll be honest, I did like yeah. when I first when I first saw this one, I was like oh god, we're doing Ravenloft because it always just looks so corny to me. This Dracula looking <laughs> dude standing on the balcony. Like, my friend Kyle was like, oh, I'm so excited because he loves gothic horror and stuff. And, and I do like gothic horror. Yeah. But I was just like, ah, this is corny. And then when, like, you know, I started listening to it on Dice Camera Action. And I was like, "Ah, eh, whatever. It's the one they're playing. And, like, I started getting into it. I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is kind of cool. And then, like, <laughs> I, I, I picked up the book. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see what this is now. Yeah. And it's one of those where it's like, no, you can't just judge the book by its cover. Like... Quite literally, it, yeah. And but the crazy thing is that like I did judge it by its cover, but now like I see that image, I'm like, that's cool. Ah, oh, I love he's so cool. He
0: straight up has the Taroka deck cards like in his hand. Like, yes. yeah, I know Fate's toying with me, but yes. I don't care.
1: Well, that that that's a that's a good segue into uh another spoiler-free thing about it. one of the very unique things about this adventure is. It has the ability to change every time you play it.
0: Yeah, easily.
1: So without going into why this happens, uh, early on in the adventure, there is going to be a tarot style deck. Mm-hmm. Now the cool thing is, again, love stuff. You can buy this deck. And Straight can, up. Yeah. The yeah. entire deck. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can have it in front of your players actually to, to do.
0: You can set up candles. It's great. Yeah. That's what we did. It felt amazing. <laughs>
1: And depending on what cards come up, changes where events in the campaign happen. Mm-hmm. The items you need to do something will be in a different place. Strahd will appear in a different place. Yeah. Everything gets set up through these cards. Mm-hmm. So you have the you could run the game with the same players and have almost a completely different adventure, Yeah. I mean, like, we even in the one that we played, like, you guys didn't even come pl- close to seeing everything.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's something that I've personally never considered with about D&D books is replayability. Mm-hmm. Strahd has crazy amounts crazy. of replayability. Yeah. Like, not just, like, oh, picking up an, an encounter here or there. It's literally the entire book you can play over. Yeah. And that is such a cool idea.
1: <laughs> well, and, and not just that, but like the 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 titular castle, Castle Ravenloft. Yeah, you can rip that out and make it its own dungeon crawl.
0: Oh my god, it's huge for one.
1: <laughs> Almost too big, some would say. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it is it is pretty good to just like pick out like any room too. Because you can easily pick out a few rooms in there too, and just throw them. Oh in. yeah,
1: hundred uh, percent. Mm-hmm. I I I know people that have done that. Um, yeah. We're gonna be running, uh, Curse of Strahd stuff in October for our games at yeah. the bookstore, and that's probably what I'm gonna do. Is I'm just gonna rip out my favorite my favorite rooms. Oh yeah. And just throw them in there. I I, I or you could even just drop them straight into the crypt, mm-hmm. and you know and see you what go. happens. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, that that is probably one of the best things about this besides the villain aspect is its replayability. mm mm-hmm. um, But let's see. Uh, so when Allie and I played this, I was the DM. Yes. She was a player. Yes. Um, and given that, I do think that we both have pretty good authority to talk about you know our thoughts on it. So <laughs> yeah. uh, why don't we give our spoiler-free thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with you. Let's. Uh, what, what, what do you think?
0: I think, as far as campaign goes, like I talked about this before in I think just the previous episode, where I like feeling like a hero mm-hmm. and that I made a difference in the world. And at the end of this campaign, for one, I cried like three times mm-hmm. in that one we'll, session alone. We'll
1: get into that later. <laughs> uh,
0: but two, I did feel heroic, mm-hmm. like. I did something that didn't just help the party. I helped the entire like plane in a weird way. I mm-hmm. helped the I helped in general a mm-hmm. lot. And it made me feel super good to finish that story too. And yet broken. <laughs> so broken. And it was such a good way too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that itself as a player, I couldn't... I, w- I would want to play it again. And I do want to play it again. Mm-hmm. I mean like, who knows maybe even play a barbarian in that. But... <laughs> <laughs> like it would just be so cool to go over it again because um trevor lent me the book afterwards uh in in preparation for this podcast and just going through it seeing all the stuff that we didn't even touch mm-hmm. we didn't even look at it, it makes me excited to think about like well what could we have done next yeah <laughs>
1: we, we could do ravenloft too <laughs>
0: yeah and it's neat because like the story itself provides a reason for everything too Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah that is one of my my biggest things about this book is that there is a reason for every creature in this book yeah and it's really refreshing to come off of other adventures like paizo ones or even rise of tiamat where like uh uh the, the, the castle part of that one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a vampire in there. Why? Yeah, I didn't put her in because I'm like there you why there's, is why is she here? There's no reason. There's no that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But But like, like everything in here has not only like if not a reason for being there, it probably has a backstory.
0: Yeah, and it's
1: and it's, a sad one too. It's
0: done in such a way that you don't have to just exposition vomit at the players yeah. too. Because the players can pick up on it on by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many... My character in particular kept a journal, so therefore I kept a journal. (laughs) And it is filled to the brim with just notes about the lore that we learned. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool just picking up everything. And, like, me personally, I wasn't really into the gothic horror, like, concept. But the more that we got into it and the more that, like, our characters got into it, Mm -hmm. it was... It really kind of ended up being more of a grand adventure than just like, oh, here's another like, uh, you know, Friday night horror movie that Mm -hmm. you just listen and watch to. So all in all, uh, spoiler free thought, I really loved playing in this campaign (laughs) and I can't wait to either A, run it or B, be in it again Mm because I would be okay with either one. (laughs) What about you? As a DM, amazing DM, by the way. Just not not to not to like push that or anything, but that was an amazing game.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, my ego won't let me take that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my uh, uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, there we go. Uh, so I would say that I got obsessed with this campaign. You
0: really did.
1: Like yeah. I like I've run a lot of pre-written games. And this one, like I got obsessed with the lore. I got obsessed with the setting, the characters, and like structuring it out and figuring out, like it, it let me do things that I hadn't thought about doing before in a campaign because it's so much darker than any other of the the campaign settings. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying darker in a grim, dark way. This isn't a grim dark adventure. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this is gothic horror. Yeah. And so it let me do things that were more in the horror aspect mm-hmm. uh, than... Because, like, I, I, I love horror personally. But when you're doing, you know, uh, other adventures, you don't really get to do a lot of horror in it outside of, like, you know, zombies in Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. Or... I don't really know what in Rise of Tiamat or any of the other ones like. Yeah, not really. But in this one, like, I really got to like feed that and and let stuff be creepy. Like, it made me happy times that Dusty looked at me and went, "I'm freaked out right now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, it wasn't just
0: from the case of well, my character might die, so therefore I'm scared. It was like more of just the setting up of the concept of horror, of just yeah. like the suspense and everything.
1: Like I, there was one part of the adventure. Uh, a, a location that I completely changed. You guys didn't even end up actually seeing it because Shape Earth, um, <laughs> but oh yeah, <laughs> but that place, like I really let myself go horror on. Mm-hmm. Like it was basically House on Haunted Hill style, like ghosts Ooh. that were like disturbed and messed up and murderous, and. Yeah, I I freaking loved every bit of that book, mm-hmm. and I want to run it again so bad that I've tried to sneak it into other campaigns. <laughs> uh, but one one day, one day we'll get there. One
0: day, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but that is gonna be our spoiler free section. Uh, if you are adverse to spoilers, uh, stick around for the DM's Guild Spotlight. But uh, after that, uh, come back and listen when you are ready for some mm-hmm. spoilers. Uh, our DM's Guild Spotlight this week uh, is Darker Gifts, and it has to do pretty much exclusively with Curse of Strahd. Yeah. So this was a supplement made by Igor Maron- Marino, Marino. Uh, and um, there is a way, and still not spoiler, there is a way in Curse of Strahd for you to get what is called a Dark Gift. Yeah. And it is... It's a bad thing. It could have a good aspect to it mechanically.
0: It's a double edged sword. Yeah, but it's
1: probably gonna mess you up in some other regard. Yeah. Um And in the book itself, I think there's, ooh, I want to say like eight.
0: Probably that sounds right. Um,
1: but in this one, there are an extra sixteen.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, they the the author went through and made sixteen more dark gifts that you. Uh, will have the ability to give to your players and kind of expand on certain aspects of the game. I didn't use this because I actually didn't end up even using the Dark Gifts um, because, again, they're optional. Uh, but if you get the book and you read through them and the Dark Gifts sound like a really fun thing, go check out uh, dark Darker Gifts on DM's Guild and uh, and see what you think. It is a pay what you want. The suggested price is 50 cents yeah is a bargain and a half worth it uh yeah and uh yeah it, i i have looked through this like it's not like oh hey you know it's just doing what i did uh it it it's not only like um uh, these are the darkest it actually also has it on a table so you can give them out randomly which is always great i love tables <laughs> uh but yeah so go check out darker gifts by igor uh marino and uh, uh see see what you think mm-hmm. okay if you're still here Welcome. Welcome to the spoiler zone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about calling it that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess it's actually just kind of sounds like a, a laser attack. Place. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the spoiler zone. Put your vests on. No running. No running. Stop climbing. <laughs> don't shine it in your don't eyes. Don't crawl. <laughs> uh, but yes, so curse of Strahd Okay. Let's get into the story. Yes. <laughs> Strahd is sad. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> he, that, that's basically the beginning, middle, and end of this, is Strahd yeah. is sad. So, where do you want to start on this exactly?
0: Oh, you know where we should start? Hmm. Because I have opinions on this. The murder house.
1: Ooh, that is a good um, it's point. It's the recommended
0: intro... Well, it's, it's not recommended. It's like, if they're not level three, you can have them start playing and leveling up to level three by putting them through the murder house
1: that i literally forgot about this part um, that's how much it doesn't matter to me it
0: is quite literally like that is not the name that players have given it that is not the name that the hobby has given it no this is written it, as the murder house. it's literally titled the murder that house is the, the title of the murder house and so it's like it is quite literally a, a house um, that is a town in Barovia. The first town that you go into. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the players are like, oh, they are s- urged there. Mm-hmm. They're kind of pushed there a little bit. A little bit of railroady. And then all of a sudden these kids lure them in and then they can't leave. Yep. And so they have to figure out how to leave. And so they go up and then they go down. And the whole time there's a lot of horror motifs. Like I'll, I'll grant like first half of the murder house is actually really neat. There's a lot of like uh, horror motifs. There's a lot of like clues that you kind of have to figure out. There's a secret doors and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And if you and pay the attention, doors, they'll try to eat you. Yeah, naturally. But then as soon as you get into the lower levels, and I mean like literally underneath the house, there's a whole like basement dungeon, <laughs> so to speak, because like the people in there were ghouls slash they were worshiping a vampire. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. They didn't really spell it out, but
1: if you can't tell, we. Uh, we didn't play this part in my game, but Allie has played this in another game.
0: Yeah. And this was literally nothing against the DM because the DM even told us, this is out of the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just not fun playing.
1: No. And the, I think the reason for this is to try and force dark gifts on people. So what we talked about in the DM's Guild Spotlight, the dark gifts, you get those when you die. Yeah. And when you are brought back, uh, your soul cannot leave uh, Barovia. Uh, We'll get into why that is story-wise in a little bit. But the point is that you come back to life and you have a dark gift on you. Yeah. And so they purposely made this murder house a murder house. And like... (sighs) It, it's kind of... <laughs> my, the, the problem I have with it is that it doesn't really give the right feel for the rest of the campaign. No. It, it feels completely out of place.
0: It almost feels like it wasn't written by the people that wrote the book. Mm. To be honest, because the entire tone it ends up giving the players is one of just complete despair. Not yeah. horror suspense. Just wow why are we even doing this Yeah, because one you're level one through three you don't even have your cool stuff yet as players and so it's like you're literally just going into this place with literal walls of spinning
1: blades and mimic doors
0: (laughs) and it's yeah uh, we had a player my poor boyfriend he had died to a mimic door he crit saved three times in a row (laughs) Not good enough, as he still died, <laughs> and yeah, that. And then when we were, when you come back out from the dungeons and you do the thing, there's a there's a shambling monster and all mm-hmm. that. But you do the thing, the house starts to literally murder you. Yep. There is like like a, spinning blades. You have to do a dex roll through them. There's like there there's chomping. It feels like just this ridiculous like suddenly murder thing mm-hmm. that is unnecessary. When you're just trying to leave. Because, like, what do you do after a boss fight? Usually that's like, okay, cool. You can, like, it's catharsis. You can just kind of relax for a bit. But here it's like, no, we're going to amp it up more. Yeah. And it does not feel good. No. But um, overall, that's, like, my only gripe with this entire book.
1: Now, the I feel like the reason why this doesn't fit outside of it being level one and the despair thing is that, you know, like we said, it, your players are going to either be transported there just... That's where they start. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna start in Daggerford. Yeah. Right, it's Daggerford, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the ruler there uh will for one reason or another send them on a on a quest to go check out the mists. And they are these gypsy like people have you know set up camp outside of the of the small city. Yeah, the Vistani. The Vistani. hmm and these Vistani are what kind of kick off the ruler's interest and the adventurer's interest in going into this place and finding the ruler, the, uh, the Vistani refer to him as the the cursed prince.
0: Yeah, they really do literally spin a whole tale about mm-hmm. Strahd and they're like, yeah, no, he used to be really good and awesome. I mean, He saved our people, but mm-hmm. like... He got under a curse now, and it'd be cool if you could, like, help save him. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: it, it, you can play this up as it being a trick or them being completely like honest genuine. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for one reason or another, your adventurers go into the mists, and uh, they come out in Barovia. Now, Barovia is in the Shadowfell. Mm-hmm. It used to be part of Faerun. Yeah. It is, n- is no longer. And It's a different plane. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so it's, that's why they can't leave that. They can, can no longer leave Barovia. Um, and when they get to the first town, which is also confusingly called Barovia, Barovia. <laughs> the tone of the town itself doesn't fit the murder house. Yeah. And so you've already sent your players into the mist to do this adventure, to go find this prince, and then they get sidetracked into a house... That no one in the town tells them about and no one else in the town seems to be worried about. Yeah. And there's I, there are slight reasons for that part. And uh, then they could get killed or not. And then they come out and they go, okay, I guess we got to go do the rest of the prince thing now. Like,
0: okay, I, that was terrible. Yeah. Let's carry on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, But... Uh, as for the reason why some of the townsfolk and I say some of the townsfolk wouldn't mind this murder house being in there is because one of the interesting aspects of this campaign setting is that a large majority of its inhabitants do not have a soul. Yeah. They are soulless people. They are void of emotion and um, they just kind of meander. There are people though that do have souls and people who are connected to the story like Irina. Yeah. Irina is uh, Strahd's Like focus. Which is a really fun thing because then the adventurers aren't the main problem. They're just his obstacle.
0: Oh, and this is a good segue into Strahd's goals. Mm -hmm. So the book pretty much outlines like, let's see, three goals that Strahd has. We've got turn Irina Kolyana. So Strahd's unrequited love for Tatiana, who is an ancient we'll, love in the past. We'll, we'll get
1: into that one. There's yeah. a lot of lore in here we're going to info dump on the
0: Yeah, it, it drove him to slay his brother. And v- some time ago, Strahd glimpsed Irina. Um, and he felt, it literally says, extreme deja vu. <laughs> um, Irina looks exactly like Tatiana. And so now he believes that she is the reincarnation of her. And so he needs to have her which in itself is a really creepy thing. Oh yeah. And like is such a kind of villainous thing because mm-hmm. it's more so than like, oh, like I was saying earlier, he, oh, he's not just a monster. He's like fucking a monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty much Strahd, that, that's like one of his main goals. Um, his kind of a back burner goal because he's not too worried about it, but more like a personal want of his. He wants to find this guy called Rudolph Van Richten Um, who's actually a big vampire hunter. Mm -hmm. Um, But Van Richten has kind of made himself come to Barovia to take down Strahd. And it's not like the vampire is, like, worried about him. It's just the more he wants to lock him up in a dungeon and slowly break his spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, as you do. As you do. And then his third goal um, is search for a successor or consort,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which is, again, another creepy thing. Mm -hmm. So... He can always sense the arrival of new blood in his domain, which just kind of points the fingers to the adventurers that will suddenly arrive in Barovia. And so he shifts his attention from Irena and Van Richten to his new guests. So he can see if this, which I would almost say is like his overall goal, because Irena is like, yeah, that's like in the forefront, but... This one's like one that's been a constant, I feel, for over a hundred years.
1: Well, the the fun thing about it is that you can take any f- one of those three and make it his main goal.
0: Yeah. And that's, again, like the replayability part mm-hmm. we talked about. That is so cool. Yep. So like pretty much he, it says too, it's like, oh, his new guests, so he can determine whether any of them are worthy to be a successor or a consort. And it says in parentheses, eventually he decides that none of them. But he doesn't arrive at this conclusion immediately.
1: And for me, that option, that is also a complete option. You yeah. could do it where you, he thinks that one is worthy all and go as far and crazy with that as you want. Yeah,
0: which can lead to some really cool story happening mm-hmm. at the table that kind of just is written yeah. by the players in you, which is really neat. You really make the book your own.
1: Yeah. So the the progress of this because you know that was a lot for just the intro part of it, but there's a lot to set up with this. Mm-hmm. So the long and short of his backstory is, before this was a dark place. He loved this woman named Tatiana, who was
0: uh, his brother's wife,
1: betrothed. I don't think it was his his wife. Yeah. Um. But uh, Sergey was his brother. Yeah. Um. And he tried to you know you know Sway Tatiana and get her to come to him and killed his brother and was like now I'm all you have she literally jumped off a bridge rather than be with him <laughs> yeah um well, good point <laughs> and that was when he uh took on this dark power and turned Barovia into what it is yeah uh, and he did this you know back in the lore uh involving uh, the Raven Queen and Baba Lazaga, who is basically Baba Yaga. <laughs> but uh, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, you know, a, an L Y on there and an S. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's his backstory and his motivations. Now, what the players are going to do is they're going to go through Bro. bro yeah, they're going to meet Irina. Um, she, they're going to realize she's in danger. She's going to request that they take her to the, the safe uh, town. Of, oh, my God. That's not Velaki. I think it's Velaki. Well, anyway, there's a sa- is, there's yeah. a safe town, um, and it has an abbey, the the abbey of Saint Markovia and stuff like that. Yeah, they take her there. That's gonna literally have them cross Barovia, which is not a big map. Um, now in the way it's written, they get to the town and there's a pond that's uh, filled with radiant energy and the ghost of. Uh, Sergey comes out of the pond, holds out his hand, Tatiana takes it, and he pulls her in, and they both disappear, and they're never seen again. Yeah. And it's kind of anticlimactic.
0: See, now, I was kind of looking at it, too, though, because uh, we didn't go into it yet, but part of the Taroka cards, it says that Irina can be your ally,
1: mm-hmm. and that she
0: actually goes to the castle with you. Yeah. So, which, I mean, semi-happened. <laughs> like, yeah. we kind of got that card with you, but...
1: <laughs> um, but it that part of it, like the way it's written, has that I'm like that's eh, kind of boring. Yeah. Um. But on their way to that town between Barovia and there, they're gonna meet more Vistani. One of them is going to be Madame Eva, who does the Troca deck reading, which is what sets up the events of the campaign.
0: Yeah, and this is where literally the game can go anywhere yeah. from here.
1: Uh, and this is how the the game gets structured because mm-hmm. it goes they are going to have an ally. They need the sun sword, the amulet of Ravenkind, and um, the tome of Strahd. Yeah. And then lastly, know where Strahd is. Yeah. Or will be. So they you get to tell them early on that, hey, if you don't have these four things. Going into Stroud, you're dead. You're
0: probably not going to make it. You're straight
1: dead. Yep. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And so that is what structures it. So they need to go out and find these things. They go to different places and they talk to people and they get leads. And it's hard to tell you from here what's going to happen because it could be anywhere. It could be in uh, a witch's hut. It could be in a windmill where they are making children into pies it could be
0: in ravenloft itself it
1: could be in ravenloft itself mm-hmm. uh that was an unfortunate card um, yeah <laughs> it could be in a n- number of places on this map and eventually it will lead them to castle ravenloft they'll go through there they'll find strahd they'll defeat him mm-hmm. th- the end now that kind of. sounds yeah that sounds kind of blasé and boring when i spell it out do you like that but it's so much more than that. Bare bones, that is what yes. it is. Like, if you um, had to
0: bullet point the entirety of this book.
1: Yeah, but... Find
0: the things. <laughs> it is
1: so, so, so much more than that. And mm-hmm. there is so many interesting and amazing characters that you can have show up through this. Oh, my God, yeah. And, oh, my God. I, I just, I freaking love this campaign so much because of all of those things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the most interesting thing on paper. Like, it, go get the things, come back, kill the dude. But the the great thing is, is that... Yeah, it tells you where Strahd's going to be for the last fight. Doesn't mean that they don't see him between then and there.
0: Oh, he is meant to come up yeah. constantly throughout this book.
1: And, and I will say this. It doesn't specifically tell you that. But man, should you do it? And it is a lot of fun.
0: It does tell you that. Oh, really? It literally says, when Strahd attacks, Strahd isn't a villain who remains out of sight until the final scene. Far from it. He travels as he desires any place in his realm or his castle. And the more often he encounters the characters, the better.
1: There we go. Perfect. It literally Perfect.
0: says, no, Strahd shows the fuck yeah. up wherever he wants. Like
1: <laughs> I, I love that. I kind of like, we'll, we'll get into full details. what happened in our campaign later, but like, I love that. Like the first time you guys saw Strahd in was illusion. Oh yeah. And then the actual time you saw Strahd, he was flying above you guys <laughs> lit by the moon. Like, oh, so oh, I loved it. So good. <laughs> um, but Okay, let, so that's the story of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the layout of this book. So, there, yeah, the murder house, it sucks. I don't like it. Yeah. We can move on from it, though. It doesn't ruin the book in any way. No,
0: you can always just start them out at level three. It,
1: yes. <laughs> in fact, please do. Yeah. Um, the layout of this book is probably the thing I don't like the most. Yeah. Uh, there is a map very early on of Barovia, and every location on there gets a letter. And it goes in alphabetical letter uh, alphabetical order of those letters, not what the locations are <laughs> called, which means <laughs> because of the layout of the map, the second location in the book is Ravenloft.
0: Oh no. <laughs> and
1: like anytime you guys would move locations and I I would have to go to the table of contents instead of just being able to be like, okay,, uh, it's about here. Yeah, I couldn't do that because I'm like, I don't know what letter on the map this has.
0: That's that. That's not great. No, and <laughs>
1: it, it, that is my biggest disappointment in the book is that the layout of it is not ideal, and it is especially confusing for a new DM. Oh that yeah, that is probably the most important thing. Especially for this. if
0: you go from something like the Tyranny of Dragons campaigns, which oh, yeah. are point A to B straightforward. That you read this like a book. Yeah. Because this isn't necessarily sandbox.
1: Oh, no, it is a sandbox. I would, I would say that this okay. game is a, uh, is the most sandboxy of the pre-written oh, okay. campaigns.
0: Yeah, I mean, even with Tomb Annihilation in there? Mm. Oh, see, I had to make you think. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it,
1: it's about on par with that. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so because there is a lot of different places you go. And the fact that the, the main end dungeon is like the second thing you yeah. look at. That's a lot.
1: (laughs) That said, the locations within that weird organization are laid out so well and so beautifully.
0: And every single one has like like a map. (laughs) Every town
1: is fascinating to read through and Mm -hmm. it lays it out in a really well done and thought out way. The maps are gorgeous. They work so well. And Castle Ravenloft is done in an isometric view yeah and it's gorgeous yeah i know i
0: talked about that kind of a little bit earlier but it has like these 3d maps that are kind of necessary because it's huge it's huge and they kind of just show the scope of the place too because it's not like it because in storm king's thunder those are huge maps yeah. it's like each square is 20 feet but like this shows you the scale of it, more so than just a literal number on a page. Mm-hmm. This shows you just how huge it is, because you can look at it and it's like, oh, here's main floor, and they keep going. And it's. I kind of want this map style to, to go in other dungeons yeah. too.
1: Yeah, if they had done that map style for uh, Tomb of Annihilation, I would Oh I my would
0: God, that. that would be so cool, because mm-hmm. that that tomb could use this yeah, kind of map. It really could, it really, <laughs> really it could. Because it is 3D, kind of like this, where you mm-hmm. do want the multiple levels. Um, yeah, I will say that every single... I'll, I'll agree with you there, on there. Every single area that is itself is really well laid out.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, the overall layout is not the best, but man, do they nail it. Like, I never... when Once I was in the section, I never felt lost.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, maybe the only one... I remember when you were DMing for... When we were actually in Ravenloft, you're like, okay, you guys are in, uh like... You you said like K sixty five, okay, now you're going into this or K eighty four. Yeah. And then and,
1: and that is a thing. Like that's how many rooms there are in Ravenloft. there now we like, gotta go to
0: K twenty four. Yeah,
1: like it go flip to flip to the back of that one. Eighty eight. Lo- yeah, there are eighty-eight locations.
0: Eighty eight rooms
1: in Ravenloft. <laughs> now granted not all of them are full of things and stuff, but they give you a description of what each room is.
0: Yeah. Um, not to mention the tarot cards they said oh yeah like these treasures could be in ravenloft Mm -hmm. all of these rooms even has like a little side thing where it says fortunes of ravenloft like if your card reading reveals that a treasures here it is inside the coffin yeah. next to his body
1: it's and like, oh. and that is the great thing if you're just reading through this it lets you know that but also when you pull the card and you see what it corresponds to in the book it gives you the page number the that exact the thing page is on number. it's so good yeah
0: it says like oh the page number here look at K85 Yeah, it's like oh okay it's that one
1: it, it once you like really get down how this book is laid out it does make sense mm-hmm. i just don't agree with what order things are put in in the larger scope?
0: It's kind of reminds me of how the player's handbook and the races, yeah, where it's like, oh yeah, humans, dwarves, elves, and then you have halflings, tieflings, and hat, and like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can you just make it in alphabetical order like your classes, please? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the artwork in this so good. It's so good. So it's good. so well themed. Everyone looks interesting, is what, and that's my biggest thing. The, mm-hmm. Like the, you just passed by a random, uh, uh, that dude, the, this, this one guy in Vlaki looks interesting. Millivage. Yeah. <laughs> nice and they, name. <laughs> Yeah. And they, they've got, you know, names that fit the, the, the oh, yeah. area that it's based on and there's stuff like that. even
0: a table at the beginning of the Barovia, like mm-hmm. town section where it says, oh, Barovian names. Yeah, And there's like, I think it's like a hundred table too. Yeah. So you can have a ton of random NPCs that you can throw on yourself, and that will still feel like they fit in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like they have the Martakovs and stuff. Like, like, I love the and
0: the bad guys look like it's going to sound weird, but almost like a bad guy out of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, where it's like that kind of art style where but, it's dark, but at but but the same so time, there's good guys cool. that
1: look that way too. No, and which and, is a great <laughs> thing about it. And that, what like you cannot trust everyone in here and you can see that just from the get-go but you also can't judge them by how they look because they might actually be a good guy
0: yeah no very much I mean like not to mention this whole book is filled with monsters that are willing to help you've got like werewolves that can straight up be a huge ally in this game if your characters so go down that path
1: uh there are a group of were ravens yeah which when I first read I'm like that's stupid then I read I'm like Oh wow you guys are really cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) and like there's an entire there's druids that are kind of not amazing and then there's like amazing in the sense of good and evil um and then there's like a ton of different types of people in here that you would want on your side I mean, a little throw out there, there's a mad mage that threatens to kill you because he's very paranoid. But mm-hmm. that mage is very, very powerful. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> and apparently if you wait 3D six hours, <laughs> I read that, you yeah. can just straight up give his memories back. Yep. That is insane.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, the, the way that everything is drawn out in here, every map, every character.
0: Yeah, the maps themselves are so good. I just are so love it. Because cool they, they do have kind of i believe oh it's the same guy who did um the other maps like we talked about him before
1: oh the one from uh um storm king's thunder
0: yeah um he has i remember the Ravenloft, like the pack that he sells mm-hmm. on his website too but he did all these maps well the majority yeah. of them the biggest ones and like if there's ever like a town one he has a map of it and it's neat because they have like the top down map and then pretty much on a good chunk of them they also have like a small little like oh this is what you can see from like a bird's eye Mm -hmm. view so it's more than just here's like the squares it is it's like no no let's give you like a little view of what it is too yeah and just yeah all the maps are really neat and they're easy to read Mm -hmm. um because that's something that i've had trouble with like i know you're a huge fan of him but like the guy that did the maps in like ravnica I, I have such a hard time reading what they are Oh really yeah like it's like is that a door or a window I don't know And oh. what are these dots oh I have to read in the text to figure out what they are oh they're portcullises. So I it's get like that. whereas these maps are very straightforward I know exactly what everything is so you don't have to like dig to mm-hmm. figure out what it is you could almost play off the map as opposed to just the book
1: yeah I get that
0: mm-hmm. but definitely the artwork itself is so cool
1: um, well, next, uh, we're, we're, what we're going to do here is do a campaign recap, which um, I thought would be uh, a good thing to do because this one is so all over the place. Uh, it's hard to tell you what to expect, so I thought we could talk about what happened in our campaign uh, to give people an idea of how it can go about. Yeah. So you guys started in Daggerford. Uh, the Vistani were there. The queen heard about uh or it was it was a duchess. She heard about a cursed prince, and it even says in the book that she's been looking for a man to to marry. Uh and uh and so it uh they it was pretty easy for me to just be like, okay, she just wants you to go find this prince and bring him back. Mm -hmm. Like it started off really corny. Yeah. Um and so they joined the Vistani and they went into the mists. Yeah. And um they came out and, you know, gave them the description of this giant archway that they go through. It's very, you know, gothic in architecture and stuff. They got into Barovia. They met Irina. And I... I this was this is one campaign where I I do really recommend you knowing stuff ahead of time to foreshadow. Yeah. Because in the first session I for I had this old woman going around with a little trolley cart selling dream pies with this little bell that was ringing. So good. And you know, it kind of creeps some of the other players out and some of them were like, oh, well, I want to get one. But they weren't able yeah. to yet. Or they they always went in the other direction. I didn't stop them.
0: You know, that was something that I wanted to point out was the book itself does actually give tips on how to play horror. Mm-hmm. Um, because they mentioned like, oh, do foreshadowing, describe things in detail, like also have some comedy in there, like to break it up so yeah. they don't, they're like... They they don't expect the next spooky thing to happen. Yeah, and so like as far as a resource book goes, as far as how to DM this kind of game is super helpful because yeah. it gives a lot of tips on that.
1: I will say, um, I kind of left the comedy up to you guys at the beginning. I mean, it was gonna happen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and and I just kind of laid the the gothic horror on thick at the beginning. Later yeah. on, I got some comedy in there. But uh, they met Irina, found out that she had been uh, being visited by Strahd. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father was recently dead, and her brother was trying to take care of the town. And she asked if they could you know, do a burial for him, but yeah. they haven't been able to because of all the monsters coming around. Long story short, they... Protect the priest of the area, which is the priest of Lathander, which is what your character's god was.
0: Yeah, let's kind of quickly, briefly go over our eclectic group. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) So
1: at at this uh, funeral, uh, we had, uh, let's see, uh, there was Wiz, who Mm -hmm. was a typhling uh, necromancer. Yeah. Uh, There was uh, Damien, who was a human gladiator fighter guy.
0: Who wanted to cast spells? Who wanted?
1: Yeah, he was an eldritch knight. That's yeah. right. Uh There was Enchi, who was a halfling uh, fighter, uh, who was just straight fighter, uh, and she had like a giant great sword. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. We, we made a way for her to do it. <laughs> she's um, afraid. She's, she's afraid. Uh, and uh, then we had Owen who was uh, a transmutation wizard mm-hmm. and um, then there was your character why don't you, why don't you tell us about your character
0: oh, yeah Amelia um, she was a cleric of Lathander. Um, her dad was a cleric of Kilimvor and she kind of fell in his steps uh, but however her family was totally murdered and she was left alive for some unknown reason because I kind of took the, back, the, the offered background from Strahd and so that was my that was my dreadful oh, past. Oh yeah, the,
1: the background is mm-hmm. the haunted one. Yeah, which is a really fun one.
0: Which was neat because I actually got a neat little trinket, which was um, grave flowers that never wilted, mm-hmm. and I used those three times in the campaign. Yep. <laughs> um.
1: So yeah, the the they did the 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 burial, they did the ceremony, mm-hmm. and then uh, werewolves attacked. Yeah. And that's where I stopped the first session was, like, <laughs> werewolf showing up.
0: This was, like, the most amount of cliffhangers in a session, in, in oh a campaign God. I've ever had. This is far.
1: where I I not only tried out uh, cliffhangers, but I feel like I mastered them.
0: <laughs> yeah, because of this campaign, I started having cliffhangers in my sessions. I love and it. And they are they're so much fun. Yeah.
1: Like, I'll <laughs> admit, like, I did it because Chris Perkins was doing it. I'm like, that's kind of fun, but, like. It wasn't that I was doing Chris Perkins cliffhangers. I was just had the idea of doing cliffhangers and I found good places to just cut it there. And yeah. it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they fought the werewolves and then Strahd shows up. Second session. There's Strahd yeah. floating off uh, towards Irina. Yeah. And um, they go to fight him, realize it's an illusion, and uh, she snaps out of it. They get out of there. So Irina tells them that, you know, strahd has been visiting her and that he thinks she's his lost love.
0: Yeah, he's been real creepy on been her. Been real creepy. Mm-hmm.
1: And their their brother or uh, Irina's brother asks uh that she be taken to uh the the town with the abbey to be protected. I already knew about the pool thing and had torn that out. Yeah. And so it was just get her to the abbey she'll be protected there. Yeah. Um, so they started on their way there. Along the way, they met uh, Madame Eva. Mm-hmm. They did the Taroka deck. Now, I did get the cards. I did do it in front of all of you, and it sucked. And this is going to be a warning that I have about this, is that those that the Taroka deck might not actually give you an interesting campaign.
0: You know what's a secret? Hmm. You can just set up the deck. Yeah. You can you can cut, shuffle it, and have the actual cards behind your DM screen. And before you lay it out in front of your players, just put the cards on top.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I do recommend doing this because uh, both the the ally... Two, two of them ended up being the same person. Yeah,
0: we were all excited as players. We're like, oh, man, two birds for the price of one. <laughs> yeah, and I was
1: just like, well, that's going to really shorten this campaign, which is already pretty short. So... Over the week, I said, like, hey, I'm going to change up some stuff to make it more interesting. All of you were like, cool, that's fine. Yeah. Um. And so I gave them new cards and locations. And actually, and I didn't tell you guys this, made up a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. <laughs> because I had some ideas of where, like, your characters uh were going. Well, yeah. So I mean, I, like,
0: I assumed with the whole amulet. Some All of that kind of got a little fucky.
1: <laughs> I left the amulet one there. That was the one card I left, which was in Ravenloft. Oh, and I was fine. like, oh, that shouldn't be a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's in Ravenloft.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go from there and they go to the old bone grinder, which is a windmill. Ooh. And they first go in there and meet this old woman. Uh, and her sister, and they're being really weird. They turn out that they make dream pies.
0: Oh, this is where it starts. Yeah. Oh my God. I just remembered.
1: (laughs) And, uh, they buy one and we buy two, Yeah, buy two and then they leave. And then Damien eats one, passes the fuck out Mm -hmm. dream pies, uh, make you pass out for six hours where you have the nicest, most best dreams in the, you've ever had in your entire life. Oh yes. Uh, So much so that it is addicting to have. (laughs) Now, these old witches uh, use this addiction to get people of Barovia addicted to and then have them sell them their children, which they then turned into dream pies. Gothic horror. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they do that and... As they're leaving, there's this really great part because your cleric could see the grave.
0: Yeah, she was a cleric of the grave, yeah. and so she can see undead people, like, around her.
1: And so, like, this isn't in the book, but she's like, I look back at the the windmill, and I see the grave, and I just had this ring of ghost children. Standing around the windmill <laughs> that, looking at it in like, the rain.
0: We're we sitting under a fan, but that literally just made me shiver. <laughs> like, <laughs> just I'm thinking back to that and just that moment when I'm just like, I just I just turn around and I'm like, you yeah, know, I'm just gonna go look because mm-hmm. something we did insight checks like these old ladies, and plus Damien is passed out. Yeah, something is not right. And just remembering that there were just children, and dead th- children everywhere.
1: And I think that's where I did another cliffhanger. Yeah. Really cool. Um so then next next one they went to confront them they even like uh Irina and one of the characters like scaled the windmill and went through the top and yeah, like, I... so the long story short there's three witches in there or they're hags they're, mm-hmm. uh they're night hags and um so they started fighting them because one of them's the mom two of them are sisters started fighting them uh, upstairs got killed downstairs one of them, uh one of them was about to be killed and And the mom uh like it was like it was like late i it was i I, was like okay this combat's gonna go on so much longer than here screw it i'm just gonna do a cliffhanger to end this so i can just go home and sleep but what how am i gonna do that and i went i got it so before this combat started davian ate another dream pipe because he was addicted to it and failed the will save
0: yeah the one of the sisters in a very spooky fashion, like it was raining, and so she was invisible. So, uh, <laughs>
1: oh no, the one that was visible held out the pie. I know, I know. Yeah. But
0: like, so we turned around, and we're all like, because I think Enchi pointed out, like, guys, what's up with that? And so we see the outline mm-hmm. of like this this creature from the rain stopping where it shouldn't be stopping, yeah. and we're like, what? But while we're turned around, a pie is shoved in front of Damien's face, yep. and Damien goes, huh. While I'm here, and he just starts eating it.
1: Yep. So he passed out. So the way I did this cliffhanger was is that witch or that hag disengages from the entire group, runs, grabs Damien, and vanishes.
0: Such a fucking And nothing
1: trip. nothing beat Ike's face when I was like, and that's where we're gonna stop for the night. And he's just like, What excuse me? <laughs> So this is where my game started taking a hard turn because during that week I had an idea and I approached Ike about it. And I went, hey, how would you feel about betraying the party? (laughs) And he goes, you know, I've always wanted to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So we started workshopping some stuff. And what was really kind of fun, I don't think I ever actually told you this, Allie, is that he didn't know what was going on. He, I asked him very early. I'm like, do you want to co-DM this or do you want to still be a player?
0: And oh. he went, I still want
1: to be a player.
0: Okay, that's cool. So
1: I gave him a brief outline of where he was going to end up. Yeah. But all of those choices and situations were, were done made on the fly. game? Yeah. Neat. <laughs> so uh, he got taken to Boba Zaga, uh, who is in a swamp in Barovia. And she basically tells him like, hey, I'm disappointed in Strahd. I helped make him and he threw me to the side. Yeah. Now, really creepy also. Remember how she had the baby in there? Yes. So, oh, really important thing. I played all of Damien's parts in front of everyone else.
0: Yeah, it was a really neat way. Um, <laughs> I recorded it in my journal. Um, <laughs> There was a lot of, in my journal, suddenly a, meanwhile, cut back, mm-hmm. cut to, meanwhile. <laughs> it's like a lot of Star Wars transition yeah. moments. <laughs>
1: um. Well, there there was only one time that I didn't play in front of you guys, and that was the first time. Yeah. Because we just talked about it. Yeah. But all the other times, Damien was played in front of everyone, and it was an exercise in uh, player knowledge versus character knowledge. Mm-hmm. And everyone did a fantastic job. Yeah. But uh, she she has a baby who is actually her Frankenstein Strahd. Ugh that she that she calls strahd and like treats it like that when she and when strahd pisses her off she kills and then oh. brings back to life oh goodness. gothic horror yay oh that is
0: that is that's
1: that's why when she started getting irritated with damien she started like clutching it harder
0: oh that's so yeah, creepy that is fucking
1: cool. um so uh he uh, uh, she basically said um you're gonna work for me or i'm gonna kill you and he went Okay. I'll work for you. (laughs) So she gave him a mirror that he could talk to her through, or that she could talk to him through. And so back at the old mill, you guys overcame one of the witches, tied her up, then went upstairs, found the Tome of which is great. Yeah. But then you left that witch down there. She escaped (laughs) and uh, teleported away. But then when they came back, there was Damien, unconscious.
0: To be fair, we were like, we need to keep her alive because we need to find Damien. (laughs)
1: Uh, so Damien's they were like oh cool so they walk up now here's the thing Ike and I thought everyone was going to catch on to this because I specifically said that he was asleep for six hours after he reappeared which was to show that he'd already woken up once and then had another dream pie because it had been over an hour since he left
0: (laughs) see like the reasoning why we weren't like we didn't worried about it is because we actually didn't know that the dream pie had a specific like hour. That's fair. That's we fair. We didn't know if like, oh, well, maybe he has a good constitution or, well, he's had a couple now. And it's like, we didn't, we had no idea.
1: Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. That yeah. makes more sense now. Yeah. Um, But the group traveled Uh, further on. They got to the lake and saw a man try to drown a child.
0: Ugh. No. Yep. Yeah. We stopped that right fast.
1: So hard. So fast. Uh, it turns out that Bluto, the guy, was actually under the control of Strahd. Yep. Um, and,
0: uh, I mean, to be fair, Strahd was trying to kill a future Madame Eva. Yeah. Uh, this little
1: girl was related to Madame Eva and so kind of made sense on Strahd's part, but still also murdering a child. You know, uh, they take her to her family. They get thanked, they get a bag of holding, they get some money.
0: That Damien carries.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That Damien carries. (laughs) Also important. Uh, but yeah, they meet, uh, this little girl and her dad who are both related to Madame Eva. And then they leave. And uh, they go to the, the town with Saint, the Abbey of St. Markovia. Uh, they're not let in. Walled off. Yep. Can't be bothered. Yep. Uh, they're told that werewolves tried to get in the day before. And uh, they're also out of wine. And I can relate <laughs> to that. And it's sad. Um, so they just said, all right, let's go take care of the werewolves.
0: That was such a fun role-playing moment, too, of just shouting at the top of the monsters, yeah. like, can you let us in? No. Why? <laughs> because God, son of a. <laughs> um.
1: So on the way to the werewolves, they meet uh, uh Emil, who is a mm-hmm. woman who is actually a man in the book, but I gender bent her mostly because I forgot which one was which. Uh, and uh, she explains about the werewolves and that they're currently being controlled by a douche. Uh, And that her mate is locked up in Castle Ravenloft. They're Mm -hmm. like, well, we're going to be going there anyway, so what if we let him out? Like, will you help us? So they work together and uh, take down uh, the evil werewolf dude who was literally making children fight each other to the death uh, and then would turn the winners.
0: Yeah, that was really fucked. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I didn't write that part. That was already in there.
0: Another part where all of us were just like, yeah, no, this has to stop.
1: Yeah. Um... (laughs) Also fun thing is oh, in the book in there there is a statue to the Raven Queen which became applicable later and was fun foreshadowing I didn't know about. Yeah. Um and so they get there they show off the head they get brought in um I literally almost purposely outed Ike. <laughs> Cuz remember how you had to get tested? Yeah. And he did the he did the whole like I don't need to be tested. Like, he played it off so well and made the checks and everything worked and he wasn't outed and it was fucking great. <laughs> um, you guys went up to the Abbey, found out it was full of ghosts. You used ground shape to fucking cut through all that stuff.
0: Yeah, transmutation wizards are amazing. Just putting 100%. that out there.
1: <laughs> they ended up talking to... Uh, the uh, priest who was actually a deva. Now, in the campaign written... He was a deva? He was a deva. Oh, my God. Now, in the book, <laughs> he's a douche. Oh, really? <laughs> and he's trying to create a Frankenstein bride for Strahd. Ooh. Yeah, it's not very good. I didn't Ooh. like it, so I just threw it out. But, yeah, he's a deva, and um, by this point, I had already kind of planned out what was going on with Irena because in the book, she does have Tatiana soul. The way that this works is in Barovia, when someone dies and has a soul, their soul still hangs out in Barovia and then just finds a new vessel.
0: Yeah, because Barovia itself is kind of like a huge prison, not just for Strahd himself, but for all the poor saps that got stuck there with him.
1: So I knew what I was doing with her and the party grew attached to her really hard. Yeah. So I had that Deva make her a paladin and I actually wrote up a sheet and you guys had... Her as a companion.
0: And then I use ceremony on her because mm-hmm. for some reason, I'm like, it was useful that first day when we actually had to have a funeral. So yep. I might as well keep this ceremony spell on hand.
1: <laughs> um, and then they went back into the town. There was like great feasts. And I, and I changed up this town because in it, it's just supposed to be that it's protected because of the pool. I actually had it that there, uh, the rest of Barovia is shrouded in mist and clouds This place actually was sunny and clear-skied because of this magic that the Deva had put over it.
0: It was such a great moment to just kind of breathe for a moment, which was almost necessary at that point because we had been through a lot. (laughs) And then
1: unbeknownst to them, the pool that was the source of the magic, Damien went over to and stuck (laughs) Baba Lazaga's mirror into it. Yeah. And it broke the magic on it. Yeah. And then Strahd showed up.
0: Yeah, we had a fight. That was
1: also a cliffhanger. It was really good. Uh, So, yeah, they. It, what was also really great about it was Strahd showed up and there was no thought of fighting him. Everyone went, we have to run. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever had players do that and I loved it.
0: Yeah, it was an intense need of just, we have to get out. Because it wasn't just oh. Strahd, it was a bunch of vampires too. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, fun fact, back at the werewolves, Owen got bit.
0: Yeah, so... My character, because her part of her background is that she is kind of like a monster hunter of sorts. Um, Knowing that they were going into a werewolf situation, Mm -hmm. she's like, you know what? I'm just going to prepare, remove curse the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: But yeah, so he started turning into a werewolf. Mid-fight. Mid-fight and (laughs) uh, killed a vampire and then ran off and they were able to catch him up. And then the best part is they held him down and shoved the last dream pie into his mouth. Yep. And made him pass out.
0: And then we carried him and left.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually forgot that this happened beforehand. At the werewolf place is where you guys actually learned the truth about Irina. Yeah. So not about her soul. Um,
0: well, it, it kind of part of her soul.
1: Co- kind of part of it. I actually made it. And this was, uh, have to do with the twist episode I did back during Dungeon Driver. Irina and Allie's character were sisters.
0: Yeah. It was really emotional and awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they uh, were separated at uh, just after birth their parents were killed uh, oh god who killed them I think it, I can't remember who it was but somebody killed him and also that guy that was unnamed in the flashback was Van Richten
2: oh okay yeah. that makes uh, a lot I of never,
1: sense I, I had him in there just in case you guys ever came across him so then there would be more drama yeah Uh, but yeah so it turned out that they were sisters but in the background from my side I had actually decided uh, that they, they're they twins, and I kept alluding to the whole time that they looked like each other, uh, and that was because um, half of Tatiana's soul was in each of them. Yeah. So they together made one full Tatiana's soul.
0: There was this whole dream sequence that yeah. was such a cool thing. It was so just like vision and... It was one of the coolest parts to be a part of. I gotta say. <laughs>
1: uh, so, with all this knowledge in hand, they're like, "Okay, we really need to get this stuff and get out of here." And one of the vision, one of the cards talked about a tree. Yeah. So they went down to the Wizard of Wines, where it was said that there was such a tree. They met the uh, Martakovs, who were the were Ravens. They fought a bunch of twig blights. Bunch a, a of them. A lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they found out that um, there was, um, that a gem was stolen. Basically, because nothing grows in Barovia, they had these special gems that allowed things to grow. Mm-hmm. And that uh, they had been stolen by druids. Yeah. What a bitch. Um, now, while they were there, they fought um, a druid who was raising the twig blights. And they had this really nasty staff.
0: I forgot about that yeah and
1: uh when Wiz touched it uh she that that staff was actually made of the tree and it spoke to her and it found her very interesting because uh it said that she was soaked in death and Wiz
0: is a really cool character and she's like
1: oh well I'm a necromancer and he's and the tree's just like no that's not why Mm-hmm. And uh, he let her remember because her backstory was uh, was that she died once and she couldn't remember what happened. Yeah. So I worked with her a little bit on it and she was a student who was trying to figure out how souls work. Mm-hmm. And this tree showed her, her entire backstory of how she was working on it and then finally managed to separate her soul And then her body, she couldn't reenter her body. And she watched it decay in front of her. Uh, And then she spent a lot of time as just a soul until she figured out how to actually enter someone else's body. But it would remove their soul. And she got desperate and did that to a tiefling, tiefling, whatever. And so the body she was in was not hers but she also now knew how to manipulate souls, which would also become applicable later. Very applicable. <laughs> um, so they go, uh, the tree has actually been turned into a treant by the druids. They had to fight it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Took it, was, it, down. it was neat. <laughs> um, And the so the card was actually, for the tree, was the ally. The ally was actually supposed to be Wiz, but I didn't make it very clear, but that's on me. Um. <laughs> because her power is going to help them defeat Strahd. Uh god, where did you guys go after that? Oh, then you went to the castle. Uh not not Castle Ravenloft, but the um the
0: the old paladins yeah, of the Silver Dragon dude.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So basically a long time ago there were these uh knights that uh opposed Strahd, and their leader was a literal silver dragon. Yeah. And uh, Strahd killed him.
0: One of our um, players who didn't have... Who who would jump in and jump out a lot yeah. because of work, but um, he actually used to be of that order. He was a descendant of that. Yeah, he was a descendant of and that order. And I based order. his character
1: very, very much on uh, the Belmonts from Castlevania and even gave him a uh, cross-chain whip. That's right. Um, So they go there, and this is where the weapon to defeat Strahd is supposed to be.
0: Yeah, the actual sun sword.
1: <laughs> yeah. And...
0: Because uh, we have the only thing we've gotten so far was the journal, mm-hmm. which told us about the whole exposition about everything. But
1: yeah. uh, long story short, they get split up, which I could have handled better. I know. Uh, but they get split up, and um, L- Baba Lazaga tells Damien where the sword is. So he splits off from them and goes to find it. Kyle's character, the descendant of the, the Silver Dragon people, saw that and went off after him. Mm hmm. They, he follows them up to this tower and, uh, Damien is standing there, uh, with the hilt of the sun sword and Kyle's character walks up and goes, what's going on? And he puts it to his chest and turns it on like a lightsaber. Ugh. Now I know that this, uh, that you're supposed to be attuned to this in order for it to turn on, but it was a dramatic moment that I wanted to happen. Yeah. And, um, so I just hand waved it. So Kyle's character dead. Dead, dead. You guys, next one, uh, find out that not only is he dead, Damien is missing. Then a carriage rolls up with the Vistani daughter and father of, uh, you know, Madam Eva show up and say that Madam Eva is dead. Mm-hmm. She had a vision that killed her. That was Damien become. Uh, it, the vision was uh, Damien uh, walking. Uh, on snow in Barovia or with all of your corpses around him. Yeah. And they basically said that it doesn't snow in Barovia.
0: Yeah. Um. One little important part too was that I used my Eyes of the Grave ability again and I saw Kyle's character. Yep. And Kyle straight up like was talking to me as a ghost and then attempted to possess me. Oh yeah. Which is an important little detail for later. Yep. <laughs> And me being, I'm all like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You're not allowed. Just point us where we need to go.
1: (laughs) So um, this is where I diverted really hard from the campaign. Hard left. (laughs) Um, And I'm not going to go into details about it because it's just tooting my own horn. Uh, But basically, I introduced the Grey Elves, the Shatterkai, and they took a trip to the Raven Queen's realm. Because it says you can't leave the Shadowfell. It doesn't say you can't go deeper.
2: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, they they had to get some metal that would um, allow them to put Damien's soul into it. Because he was trying to tie his soul to the Shadowfell to create his own domain of dread. Yeah. Um, so, while they're doing this, uh, uh, Ike's character is going to the uh, Amber Temple, which is a place in the book. It mm-hmm. does have stuff. It doesn't have as much power as I gave it. Uh, oh. But um, <laughs> he goes there, to in order to become, well, a bad guy. Uh, they get the metal; it's forged, uh, but uh, and they have the idea of like, "Hey, so we're taking his soul out and putting it into a piece of metal." Could you make two of those?
0: Yeah, because please. they're like,
1: if that could work with him binding himself to the shadow folk, could it work with Strahd? So two things get made: a gold ring and a button. Yep. <laughs> And so they use so they go, they fight uh Damien, and literally I had one session, I didn't do shit. Everyone at the table fought each other.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, legitimately.
1: And also uh I had Kyle's character because Kyle could make it that session, and I'm like, well, your character's dead. Fuck it, let's do this. He got brought back as a vampire by Strahd (laughs) because he knew what Damien was trying to do and he sent him to try and go kill him also. Oh no, he sent him with another ring that placed on Damien's finger would teleport him to Ravenloft.
0: Mm -hmm, Because Strahd was still looking for that whole replacement situation. A successor.
1: So I've got all of these people fighting each other at the table and I'm just doing nothing. And it was great and I loved it. Yes. (laughs) Um, But they end up killing Damien. Wiz pulls out his soul. And puts it in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I described that. Because uh, he got these powers of ice. And all this stuff. And that was the scary thing. That he was going to freeze over Barovia. We had a moment after yeah. the session ended. Yeah. And <laughs> I said I said that the ring frosts over with ice. And uh, Spencer just goes. Oh my god. It's the ring of winter. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like. Congratulations. You're now a backstory to my other game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Kyle's Soul Vampire. And he later told me what his original plan was before you held up the uh, Amulet of Ravenkind. Oh, I should probably say, while they were in the... uh, The Shadow... While they they were in the Raven Queen's realm, long story short, they were able to get the Amulet of Ravenkind in exchange for Owen's soul.
0: Owen wasn't worried about it because his actual goal as a character is to change the literal past. Mm -hmm. And him saying... Well, of all of us here, I'm the only one not worried about not having a soul all the present.
1: I may have just actually figured out something for a future campaign that I'm going to do. And uh, so
0: he's like, yeah, I'll be the one to sell you my soul because that's not going to be a problem for me for very long. Mm.
1: <laughs> so they have the Amulet of Ravenkind. She uses it to stop Kyle. Kyle later tells me that his plan was to put the ring on Wiz. Which would have sent her to Ravenloft, which, which made have me literally everything scream over. <laughs> but I was like, that's awesome. And I would have let it happen and see where it went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Allie plays, praised Lathander. I had her make a role. She crit. Lathander literally showed himself to Kyle and turned him human again. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It's uh, so
0: good to have epic moments like that mm-hmm. in your games because like, everyone at the table is like, oh my gosh. That yeah. <laughs> was so cool. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, the, the stuff that happened in between here is you guys went to um, You
0: <laughs> We we had the draw the line in the, in the snow moment with Strahd.
1: Oh, that's right. Strahd showed up as you guys were leaving the Amber Temple, and you guys had a fight with him, and you guys kicked his ass, and then he flew away, and he was really pissed.
0: Because at that point, we had the sun sword, we had the amulet, and we knew how to handle him. Yeah, also, it <laughs> was the
1: first time I figured out how terrifying command is. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, you guys went to Velaki. And uh, you guys talked to the werewolves and planned to meet up with them at Castle Ravenloft to basically do a siege. Yeah. Um, at Velaki, the button got stolen, and then you ended up finding again, this time sewn to a straw doll, <laughs> which I also took from... Um, uh, I, I took a lot of this from uh, Dice Camera Action. Mm-hmm. They used the, the doll thing, too, but I just thought was cute. Um, and... Uh while there, Strahd showed up, sent all of you guys into nightmares, Ooh, while interrogating nightmares. while interrogating Owen, who could not make a save to save his goddamn life. Literally. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, Strahd, <laughs> uh, through his interrogation, found out about uh Tatiana's soul being both Irina and Amelia. So that changed his game completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also learned that while all this is happening, Irena, uh, was, uh, visited by him also walked out of the town, got in a carriage and flew off to Ravenloft.
0: It was such a bad, just turn around. We were like, okay, we have a plan. We have an idea. We had everything laid out and then everything just got turned upside down, which is such a cool moment in storytelling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, they make it to Ravenloft. The werewolves aren't there.
0: Yep. Another another point in the plan, yep. down the drain.
1: So they just walk up to the castle. They fight a few things. And then a butler uh, says, oh, you've arrived. Yep. And he walks them into the chapel. And everyone, there's a bunch of people there. Sunlight is pouring in through the windows. All of the werewolves are in the pews. And there is Strahd with Irina in a wedding dress in front of a priest. And he says, welcome to my wedding.
0: But is there a place for Ike to sit? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right that's right the line that like broke trevor yeah <laughs>
0: he does this amazing description and everyone's just like just speechless for a moment and ike and his character new character yeah new character he goes is there an empty pew for me to sit in <laughs> it's like oh my god
1: so uh long story short here they uh he ends up taking both irena and amelia and teleports to the dungeons. Oh boy! Uh, the illusion is broken on the chapel. Everyone is dead. There is literally an inch of blood over the entire floor. So much blood. All of the werewolves are dead. So much blood. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think I just kind of glossed over the fact that uh, um, um, uh, Emile was dead. Yeah. And then a giant shambling mound crashed through the window. They fought it. While that was happening, you guys were in the dungeon. He was Frankensteining his own Tatiana from her actual dead body and yes. was going to use your guys' soul to bring her to life. Yes. And then...
0: So at this point, oh, let me God. just kind of pause to say where the magical items are. Oh, God. Um, so we gave Irina, who was probably the best suited to use it, the Sun Sword. Because one, she's a paladin and she can smite. And two, it's the most appropriate flavor-wise, too. And then we gave my character the amulet too, and so <laughs> with that, if you want to take over from here, because oh boy, so, oh boy,
1: no, you didn't have the amulet. No, not at that point. Not, at, not that at that point. point anymore. Um, that was part of the so deal. You had the sun sword at this point. He was telling you guys what his plan was. You readied a spell. He grabbed Irina and put his teeth to her throat and said, if you make another move, I will kill her. And uh, I tried. Y- she tried. Oh, my God.
0: Did I try? <laughs> and it
1: didn't work. And Strahd bit Irina. Yeah. And then Irina started turning in front of her. Yeah. And uh, uh, Strahd was just like, I've won. And Ali, this is an example of you will never expect ever what your fucking players will do. Oh my do. God. She turned the sun sword on herself and turned it on. Uh, and I went, Oh my God. And like that broke me. Like I was just sitting there like, Oh my God. It broke me. And that's, that was the first time Alex started crying. Yeah. So upstairs they defeat the shambling mound. Um, I don't remember how. I think I had Sergei's spirit show up or something. Basically, I had a way that I led them into the dungeons. Yeah. They made their way there. Um, and Allie's spirit wakes up still in the dungeons and Tatiana is there also.
0: Spirit form. <laughs> yeah. And she
1: explains how much she hates Strahd. And so using her Tatiana's help, uh, <laughs> Ali's character... Point, yeah possessed Irina, so now there is a turned vampire paladin of lathander possessed by her sister and the fight starts and that is when ike dropped a mammoth on strahd
0: (laughs) it was beautiful yeah
1: yep he polymorphed in the air and fell on him as a mammoth fight started Uh, Now, here's the interesting thing. They fought Strahd. They fought him in the dungeon, and then he escaped up to the tower, which has the heart of Ravenloft in it. There was this really dramatic thing, and it only lasted three rounds. Yeah. Like, I asked everyone later, I was like, how was that fight? And they're like, that was one of the most dramatic fights I've ever had. I'm like, did you realize it only lasted three rounds? No. (laughs) And that is why I, I, I say your villain's... Like, actions and personality and the hatred your players have for them is what matters more than what actions they have.
0: Definitely.
1: And so they destroyed the heart of Ravenloft, which weakened Strahd, and then uh, Amelia in Irina's body took the Sun Sword and plunged it into Strahd's chest. And the uh, curse of... And while he was
0: being held still, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wiz came up.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh Wiz came up and took his soul and put it into the the button on the doll. Yeah. Uh, thus severing his connection to the land.
0: And just straight up chopping off the head with yep. the sun sword, watching it fall all the way down. Uh,
1: the curse of Barovia was broken. Sun, uh, the sun came out for the first time in centuries.
0: Sergey and Sergey Tatiana. and Tatiana's
1: spirit appeared and walked off into the sunset. Second time, Ali cried. Yeah. Uh, um. And then after that, um, yeah, everyone was just kind of broken. And they were like, Allie, what are you going to do? And that's and when
0: I realized I had to die again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she realized that she couldn't exist in that body. And she didn't think that her sister would want to exist like that. So she did like the four, uh the 30 days of night just watch the sunrise for one last time and just turn to Ash. And the
0: party was with me, and that's when I cried again. And
1: that, yep, that was the third time Ellie cried. And then the fourth time Ellie cried is when I Oh my Ike, god, that was a player-induced yeah, crying. Yeah. Oh my and god. And then Ike, whose character was from Barovia, took her journal and had it printed for everyone to read through Barovia.
0: Which was, like, such a... Okay, the reason why it was, like, super, like, amazing for me as a player is because my character's bond was that journal. Mm-hmm was that I was gonna keep track of everything that happened through that journal. And when I did that as a player for like, I was like, I was just like, oh my God, that was so heartwarming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially after everything we just went through in Barovia. That was like a cool, that was a cool thing that he did. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that is what happened in our game. Yeah. And that was kind of, you know, a long story. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like that May have given you a good idea of what this campaign can do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did add a lot of my own stuff. But at in the end, I think the stuff that really mattered to a lot of you guys was from the book.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, and that's the thing. We've talked about using these pre-written campaigns in your own world before. That's something that you should do. You should kind of consider what the book itself is written as. And then you should consider maybe making it your own. And yeah read those character backstories the 13 page backstory that your players bring and like
1: i didn't get to go into like what i did with like Enchi's character and owen's character but like i did do stuff for everyone's backstory at some point in time
0: oh 100 percent, and all of it was cool and it really brought us into that it it was super immersive in that way and it's it's such a cool setting to do that in Mm -hmm. because even though it is that gothic horror it still felt like a crazy cool setting because
1: like you know, we've talked about this before. Players end up giving themselves like tragic backstories. Yeah. This is a place where tragic backstories thrive.
0: This is where the edge lords will be like, yes, <laughs> this is it.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, let us uh let's let's get into our final thoughts on this very long episode that we're doing. <laughs> uh Allie, would you run this game?
0: You know, I would definitely I would want to run it with you playing in it
1: oh, That'd be fun.
0: That's like be my only stipulation because it's almost for me personally. the The dungeon itself is what's like. I'm not gonna say like it what scares me, but it's like it's it's almost intimidating.
1: You mean the the castle itself? Yeah. Well, like and so, like how so so you'll notice like I didn't run the full yeah. castle, and that's kind of like what I did with Tomb of Annihilation, but that wasn't out of me not liking it. I just did it to serve the story because you guys doing a dungeon delve in the middle of this would have slogged it yeah so i just decided to put in what was important but i do think castle ravenloft is a superb dungeon delve
0: and see and that's where i'm like you know what yeah i would i would run it because i mean like i'm running Tomb of annihilation right now and i have no qualms about that and that's something else entirely <laughs>
1: uh i would 100 percent run this again um i i want to i i yeah. desperately want to <laughs> uh i i've literally tweeted just randomly some days on tweet on twitter just I miss playing Strahd. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you recommend it? Um, I would recommend it to uh, expert DMs. Yes. Be- and that's mainly because of the layout.
0: Yeah. Um, it is not a A, B, C ABC kind of story. Yeah. Um, there are bullet points that you should get to, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> You kind of write your own story. Even though the story is there, it's a whole book. Yeah. Um, but you do kind of end up writing your whole entire own story.
1: You do. And and because of that, I I wouldn't quite recommend it to... I, I actually wouldn't at all recommend it to new DMs. And I wouldn't quite recommend it to intermediate DMs.
0: Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I,
1: I won't say... Uh, expert's the wrong word. Veteran. Veteran DMs. Somebody yeah. that's been doing this for a while.
0: And maybe... With even like a, a certain group too.
1: Yeah, you do need the right group to do this. Yeah, you really do. Um, and
0: because like if you have a group that only loves fighting, but I guess it kind of works for both. If they only like mm-hmm. fighting, this is a good adventure for them. If they only like role play, this you, that is, is kind of the unique thing about it. You could run this either way. Yeah, yeah, because written like as written, it's full of both. Yeah, and. Like I said, it's an entire story that you have to write yourself, but really the more you let the players help you write it to the better.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's get to ranking this thing. We got, we got two options currently. We've got number one, storm King's thunder number two, tomb of annihilation. Where would you put this?
0: So this is super hard for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and which says something. Cause, uh, you might have noticed by now my intense love for Storm King's Thunder, mm-hmm. um, which is just goes to show how how good this book is for me. Because as a player, both with what Trevor did and as just the elements of the book itself, and seeing as how the villain was written and the story and the setting too, everything was just really cool. Um, I'm I might have to put it above Storm King's Thunder. Oh. I know, which is surprising me too. But yeah, for me it 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 go Curse of Strahd, Storm King's Thunder, then Tomb of Annihilation.
1: All right, I I'm in 100% agreement there. Yeah. So it, the 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 new ranking is number 1 Curse of Strahd. number 2 Tomb or no, number 2 Storm King's Thunder, number 3 Tomb of Annihilation. I feel like that's pretty good. I feel like yeah. it's a, that's a pretty good list. <laughs> um well, um that was a really long episode yeah it was but
0: uh, I feel like we we pretty much got through a lot of what Curse of Strahd means yeah, to us yeah, and... yeah.
1: Uh, may, maybe now we won't bring it up as much because you all know what we mean oh I doubt it we're going to bring it up a lot I know
0: <laughs> but that was our episode if you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice as well as telling your friends about the show if you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on, on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, don't get killed by your own hand, saving the soul of Tatiana.
2: Oh, oh no. <laughs>